0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their check I'm Susan Littlefield. Yes, we're going to be talking about what happens in this weather model, what's been going on, how it's affected the markets, but there's a lot of other fingers in this spot that are affecting the way we're going to see these grains trade. And we're going to take a look at what it is, how it is, and how it also translates over to the livestock side. You're going to want to not miss this week's episode, so stick around. More is coming up after this. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future, it's already here. welcome back now as we are going to have a great conversation today i'm if i could have had the pre-show on you guys would have been just absolutely in awe great opportunity to hear from darren fry darren of course is with water street advisors and then we've got arlen suderman joining us with stonex so gentlemen i don't think we can have a conversation about these markets unfortunately without talking about the weather and uh, the computer selected you to pop up first Arlen. what are you seeing in this weather related market that we seem to be stuck in
1: Well, obviously, we've been going up and for much of this rally, we've been doing so on declining open interest, which means it's largely been short covering without the funds really going long yet. So that means when and if they do see the rain start to come into the Midwest, they can put their short positions back on. So that's gotta be a concern going forward. We don't see the depth of conviction yet. If you have a true bull market, you're gonna see those speculative funds really building ownership with long positions. And and we saw a little bit of it late week with corn but outside of that soybeans and wheat, it was still short covering predominantly. And I think that's gotta be a concern. Typically we see a market like this around the 4th of July holiday weekend. Here we have a three day holiday weekend without a lot of history to it because it's a relatively new uh, market holiday. And so we don't have a lot of history around this time. Historically, as we get in the last half of June, we see prices go lower because we have a growing confidence size of the, uh, in the size of the crop. The exception is gonna be those big drought years. And so the question is, is this one of those years or not? And while certainly we're heading in that direction, we're dry and it's not raining in the core of the Midwest, uh, going into an El Nino, we typically would expect something much different. And as we look at how this El Nino has developed, a lot of things about it have developed exactly how we expected, but the one thing we didn't expect was for a high pressure to set up in Hudson Bay to block rain getting into the middle of the Midwest. So the question is, when will that break down? that high pressure breakdown? We're seeing some signs of it now. Will it actually do it? But it's gotta do it soon or it can get locked in. And we obviously don't wanna see that happen, but we gotta remember prices go down faster than they go up. And so uh, that's what makes it challenging in these weather markets for the producer.
0: All right, Darren, we're sitting into a holiday weekend. Let's say we don't get the rain. Surprise, surprise. What do we see Monday night when those markets reopen?
2: Well, we have a lot built in already, but I still think you would go higher. You'd have to go higher because the threat of a smaller crop, you know, we're we're going to do away with a 180 plus. We're probably in that 175, 180 area uh, for all practical purposes. A lot of people want to be trading under 170 now. But I think it's just too early to do that. There's still a lot of of upside here for yields if the rain starts. But if it is delayed again and we see it being promised but not delivered and now it's out into the July 4th time frame, then I think you have to put more weather premium in this market. So I'd be looking higher on Monday night into Tuesday if that indeed is the case.
0: And if it does rain?
2: I think if it does rain, the market is lower. And I think the market might wait for another day or two to really confirm it's going to rain because we've been promised this two or three times and it hasn't happened. But you'll be lower on Monday into Tuesday. I'm not sure you'll be limit down or anything like that until we get more certainty of the rain and see what type of coverage levels in that. Then you'll be hammering this thing to the downside. We just got to remember that demand wasn't stellar before the rally. Now with a dollar on corn and two on beans, We got a demand problem, but if we have a much smaller crop, maybe we're okay. But if we have a large crop and that demand problem, we got a long way to go to the downside.
0: Arlen, what about, and we were talking about this, I was eavesdropping as you two were talking $8 corn, and you got some that say, hey, we don't want to see anything like that.
1: Yeah, the problem with $8 corn is we really ration demand further. And as Darren indicated, we're already rationing demand with the big production that we have in South America and Brazil specifically. If you look back at 2012, because everyone wants to make that comparison, and it's a much different year from 2012. uh, Brazil produces uh, about 40 to 50 million metric tons more, I think it's 50 million metric tons more corn this year than they did in 2012. And even with the the drought shortened crop in Argentina they produced more corn this year than in two thousand and twelve as well, so we have a lot more alternatives, obviously, Ukraine has problems, but even Ukraine produced something similar in two thousand and twelve than what they produced this than what we produced this year so overall. Uh, Demand is a concern. The business is shifting to South America. They're ramping up harvest. The yields there are very good. And if you look at the Brazil prices into China right now, um, they're running about 75 cents a bushel cheaper than U.S. corn. That makes it really difficult to uh, to compete on the world market.
0: Is there a chance, Darren, that we might be just kind of outpricing ourselves on the world market?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's what happens when you have a, a weather scare like this and you have to price in a little weather premium. Obviously, we're figuring that, hey, demand isn't the issue right now because we're killing our supply. But if that shifts back to the demand side where supply is now taken care of because it started to rain, then we'll realize, oh, wow, we don't have the demand we need and we have to seek lower prices to get that back. And so we're we we were outpriced ourselves before the rally and now it's even worse. So yeah, we got an issue.
0: All right, I wanted to ask you this from a livestock perspective. You and I talked about this earlier on a Friday. From a livestock guy looking at these grain prices, what should we be doing?
2: Well, I mean, it comes down to what the weather forecast will be as we move into the solstice, but if we're going to go higher because we're going to burn everything up, and especially in Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota where we got this donut hole, then, yeah, you got to buy uh, your, your grain because we will probably see higher prices. But if, if this weather pattern changes, then hand-to-mouth or just wait to purchase cheaper grain in the fall would be the best strategy to utilize because I do think we have a lot cheaper prices to come, and I still don't think that we have an issue where we got to go to $6, 7 $8 corn. I think we're headed lower, but we need a weather change to do that.
0: Carlin, what about this wheat market? It's had some definite weather issues, but just in the fact that it's had its struggles on its upside as well.
1: Yeah, wheat is basically following the other grains. It's a follower right now. If we lose the weather market in corn and soybeans, we expect to lose the strength in wheat. Uh, Overall, we're probably looking at an end to the grain initiative. Even the United Nations, which has been the eternal optimist throughout this whole war about grain trade with Ukraine, is now saying the initiative probably isn't going to be extended. The market really doesn't care a whole lot about that. It's not trading that because right now it's seeing cheap wheat come out of Russia that's really setting the pace. Russia is setting a 240 $240 per metric ton bottom to the price. There's some sense coming out of Russia that that may drop to 230. It may drop a little bit lower than that with time. We first started off with it at $275. Bottom line is Russia sets the price. So if we see Ukrainian shipments slow down further, that's probably not gonna really impact the markets too much. But if we lose the grain initiative, and tensions continue to build, let's remember that Ukraine also has extended uh, weaponry now that they can use. And just it won't be just ships coming out of Ukraine that might be at risk. What happens if we see a ship coming out of Russia that goes down? Not that I'm advocating that by any means, but that risk would be there. And if you start to threaten ships coming out of Russia, that would catch the market's attention. But until or unless that happens, uh, Russia is going to set the world wheat price. That's going to continue to be case. And that's much below where we're trying to trade today on this weather market in corn and soybeans.
0: So, if we've got a, a grower out there that's listening to you guys both talk and they're thinking, OK, I have not marketed as much as I should have this growing season. What's the opportunity for them right now?
2: Well, I think the opportunity is big because we've rallied. Uh, if they didn't sell the first time around and we went under five dollar corn and under you know 12 dollar beans now we're back up to these really good levels again and i think a lot of farmers probably should do something but a lot of them maybe are getting bullish because they see their crop rolling up you know dry land is either close to dead or dead in mm-hmm. some areas and we know that some of these lighter timber soils these lighter cc's through the midwest have had a lot of stress and people just don't want to sell if they don't know how many bushels they're going to have but i think they need to be buying puts or doing something to protect the downside because if we see that weather forecast change, pattern shift happens, we could still have a pretty big crop with grain fill in an El Nino year. So buy puts, protect the downside, leave the top side open.
0: All right, Arlen, we can't forget about our livestock producers out there. Uh, we're waiting on trade. What's going on in this cattle market? And did anybody expect to see the jump we've seen this
1: week? Yeah, first of all, I want to add, uh, I hear from Brazil every day because they're wanting to sell, they're way behind in selling on this rally as well. But when you look at the cattle market overall, uh, we're really starting to stagnate, show signs of a near-term high here. Uh, We've seen that pullback. We've seen the product market continue to race higher, but we're getting very close to now the time when that demand for product peaks. And even though our supply is lower, demand starts to really pull back. Father's Day weekend is kind of the last hurrah for the middle cuts. And then as we get in 4th of July weekend, that tends to be more of a hamburger weekend. Then we get the dog days of summer. So there's an expectation the product markets going to start pulling back. So we've seen the feeders do a lot of hedging on this rally, and the board is starting to show that too.
0: All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you both for taking time to talk to us on a Friday afternoon. We appreciate your comments and your thoughts.
2: Thanks, Susan. Thank you.
0: And on a side note, happy Father's Day to both of you guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And happy Father's Day as well to all our listeners and viewers out there. We want to remind you commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Nebraska Soybean Board's Weekly Market Roundup.